The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Please visit pod617.com to learn about our podcast production services and view our full lineup of shows. Welcome to 10 for 2, the Camp Tell Knower podcast presented by Northern Lights. Now, here's your hosts, David Yaz and Camp Tell Knower director, Ephraim Udowitz. Yes, welcome back to 10 for 2. This is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network and a very, very proud alum of Camp Tell Noah. I talk about camp every day. I have dreams about camp, usually good, sometimes nightmares. I dream that, and uh, Ephraim, I've probably told you this before, I have dreams that I'm still there and then I wake up and I'm 50 years old (laughs) and it's really disappointing. I have those nightmares (laughs) as well that you're still there. (laughs) Oh, well played, well played. Ephraim Udowitz, of course, the director of Camp Tell Noah. He has an awesome guest he has invited in. He has a counselor named John Dees, who's just awesome. But Ephraim, if you don't mind, I'm going to do this live read for Northern Lights and thank our friends right off the top. Is that cool with you? Absolutely. All right. Cool. Well, let me take a minute to tell you about Northern Lights Entertainment. Much more than just music, Northern Lights is dedicated to helping you create the event of your dreams. Whether you want an elegant affair or an out-of-this-world extravaganza, the Northern Lights team of entertainment professionals will work with you to produce an affair custom to your style. Weddings, bar mitzvahs, I know them for bar mitzvahs. I've been to a ton of bar mitzvahs. Oh, they're all lovely, trust me. But when there's one done by Northern Lights, the music is pumping. The DJ is just like punching his fist in the air. The motivators, as they call them, are getting the kids up and having an absolute blast. Kids never walk away from a Northern Lights bar mitzvah without having an absolute, uh, the greatest time of their life and telling all their friends about it. Learn more by visiting northernlightsentertainment.com. They've been up to Tel Nor, had a blast up there. They're coming back this summer, right, Ephraim, as I always ask you? Absolutely. Yep, they'll be back. And they're ready to rock your world, too, so start planning your event now at northernlightsentertainment.com. And now, on with the show, Ephraim. Maybe you want to tell us about our guest. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for this episode, we're excited. We're going to get a chance to uh, talk a little bit about what it's like to be a a staff member at camp and what it's like to be a counselor. And uh, specifically, we have a guest today, John Dees. John, welcome. Thank you for being here. How's it going? How are you doing? So uh, for our bunk counselor staff, uh, about two-thirds of our staff are people who actually grew up as campers um, in our program, and we call them homegrowns. So, John, uh, this year, uh, you're going to be a first-year counselor. You grew up at camp, and you've been looking forward to this for a long time. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you started at camp, how you found camp in the beginning, and what your experience was like as a camper? Sure. So, how I found camp actually was through my mom. She went to this camp called Camp Naomi. I don't really know where it is, but um, then she transitioned so it got shut down and she transitioned to being a counselor at Pembroke and she did the full however long you do whenever she was a, whenever she was a counselor and um she knew about the Cohen camps and uh Rhonda Major Cohen huh. she was my uh bar mitzvah tutor or whatever you call it and Adam and Erica were both at camp and my mom was just Rhonda's like kids yeah. yeah exactly why don't we just try it out and that's that's where I'm at it's amazing. It's like those those crazy small world connections yeah. and uh, the way that like people yeah, impact. We had Rhonda. She was my kid's butt was for tutor. Really? <laughs> well, we go right. to the same temple. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, Carrie, amazing. I think. Do you remember your butt mitzvah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is that what this episode is going to be about? I remember boring. Carrie's daughter's that, bar mitzvah. I went well, to about I wasn't two months ago. We're, we're <laughs> yes. one minute into this thing, and we've already derailed it. We did not have Northern Lights 
for my bat mitzvah, but we did. I don't for think my they exist. Bat mitzvah. No, they didn't. Doug was like younger than me. He wasn't even born yet. But um, it By was the at way, the Loring School. Wow. Because we had our temple there, and my sister and I shared it, and it was like a DJ, and we hung records on the red hair. I had bright red hair back then. Frizzy. Frizzy. Ephraim, you won, you won the pool. You had less than four minutes before Kerry chimed in without being properly he, introduced no. on the podcast oh, first. Yeah. Uh, so I that, won the bingo because we referenced her red hair. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's um, Kerry. Uh, welcome to the show. Kerry Tabaski, who's my so colleague much. here at the Boston Podcast Network and also an employee of Camp Tillenor. Her, words are, her worlds are colliding here and an alum as well. Okay. And a Code Temple congregant. Okay, you can Jones. stay. <laughs> I also kickbox. You do? <laughs> no, I, I don't kickbox. I, then okay. I, I box you. I must break you, Ephraim. <laughs> who would, yeah, who would win that fight? Not me. No. Yeah, don't fight with Carrie, man. Yeah, no, that's not, not a good idea. Um, all right, anyhow, Johnny D's. Um, you know, so the, the episode today is all really about, like, what it's like to be a counselor at camp and and sort of the experience of going from camper to counselor. So, you know, talk to us a little bit about being a camper and what it was like to look up to counselors and sort of who are some of those people who for you, when you look back on your camper experience, were really sort of like the, the gold standards of counselor. Yeah. Well, first of all, there was, when I was a pretty young camper there, I felt this like weird divide between the counselors. Like I would think they were like 25 or something. They were like 17, you know? Um, but as I got older and I developed my relationship relationships with them more, you know, uh, it, it made me, f- it's something that only camp can really offer because nowhere else in the world are you going to have someone from across the world, from the UK, from Israel, you're going to have, uh, college students all congregate in one place and sort of be at this equal playing field where there's no sort of walls that, you know, I call it the bubble, you know, inside of camp, there's that bubble where you're sort of cut off from the rest of the world and I, I love that part about camp and um, yeah. Did you have international counselors that you really loved? Oh yeah. Uh, so there was um, one of the first ones that really impacted me. His name is Daniel, Daniel Epstein. And this past year when I was on Door to Door, uh, I went and met up with him with some of my old bunk mates and it felt like, you know, I just saw him yesterday. Uh, he's studying something, some technology, something. Engineering. Yeah. 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 He's an awesome dude. And, um, yeah, I love that guy. He was um, he was one of the first uh, counselors that I actually hired because he was an Israeli uh, my first summer as the director. And uh, he, so he was one of the first people I got a chance to hire. Uh, but it's actually kind of cool. So on Thursday, I get a chance to fly across the pond and uh, we hire about two th- Two-thirds of our counselors are homegrown, like you are, Johnny. And then we have the other third that are Israelis or what we call Brits, which really means a counselor from anywhere else in the world, right? (laughs) (laughs) They're UK, they're Australia, they're New Zealand, South Africa, (laughs) but they're all Brits, right? Um, And uh, we get to do a training. One of the things that I think is so cool and I, I really try to emphasize with them is that they have never been to camp before. They don't know anybody else. But by the end of the summer, they're going to have these incredibly strong relationships and friendships with people who they've never met before but are going to lead up to, you know, uh, relationships that last a lifetime. Um, So you had Daniel. What were some of the other counselors, either international, (laughs) homegrown? Um, I always love when I get that because I never know when the soundtrack is is, going to come in. That's the uh, British national anthem, although we think of it as a different... We think of it as uh, what song do we think of it as? It's a patriotic song, right? It's uh, 
God Save the Queen? Yeah, but it sounds like... <laughs> I want to say the Brits stole uh, stole one of our songs, but we know you, that's not true. We know it's the other We Will Rock You from uh, Queen? Yeah, that's definitely what I'm thinking of, yeah. Oh, uh, no. Uh, yeah, no I, I think I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. It's uh, land uh, where our yeah, fathers yeah, yeah, yeah. land where our kids. Oh, I'm a terrible My patriot. Anyway, that's thee. that's British. There you go. Right? My country tis of thee? Yeah, that's it, I guess. My country tis of thee. Yeah. yeah. Okay. While, we're, while we're doing like, uh, <laughs> what we're doing at the flagpole, gotcha. yep. yeah, they'll they'll chime in and do their anthem over it also. Yeah. Oh, is so, that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So See? Like, they it all comes kinda, full they circle. Blend. Well, of course. And they, they're, by the way, if you don't, Ephraim, if you don't mind me jumping in, something John said rang so true to me, and that's when he said that the counselors seemed like they were 25 years old or maybe even older. They're just so grown up when you're like, you know, you know, seven, eight years old. I thought you were 40. Yeah, <laughs> I once was forty, um, but uh, at the but at the time I wasn't. But anyway, but and then the, what you don't realize is they're kind of watching you too, and they're realizing they're going to get to know you as like a real per- when, you're, when you're ten years old. You might be the greatest kid in the world, but you're not fully formed, right? So we used to say things like, and I hope I haven't told the story already on the podcast. Maybe I have, but. Um, my dear friend Mike Klein, who was my counselor, as we got all together, um, he's, he said, it's, I said, it's cool we get to hang out now. Like, you're, I think of you as a peer now. And he said, yeah, and now maybe someday you'll be hanging out with, like, little Chucky Rodman, who was a kid who was, you know, tiny when I was a counselor. And sure enough, Chucky Rodman is one of my best friends now. He's my lawyer and all this. So, you know, you and now, and now in turn, you, you will see these little kids and you'll be like, you know, that's a great kid. And if, you know, the, uh, the stars align, it could be one of your best friends, you know, 10 years from now. That's what's so cool about camp. <laughs> Thanks, Kat. Thanks for picking up on that, uh, Ephraim. <laughs> that is what's so I cool don't, about I don't, camp. I, don't, I, I didn't have my uh, crickets ready. Okay, there we go. That segment was brought to you by Northern Lights. <laughs> <laughs> and crickets. <laughs> Definitely cutting this out, you jerks. <laughs> Continue, please, I Ephraim. do feel like that was like a bad Monday Night Football moment where, like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you just like let Jason Witten do his thing, and nobody. That was my fault. That was. I did. I, I did like his point, though. I really did. Thank you. What I was saying was, and so that's what's so great about camp. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Wild. Yes. Thank you. All right. Please, a fry mature show. <laughs> we're to- we're doing great right now. <laughs> we're great. This is awesome. This is like one of those evening, <laughs> evening activities that sounds like a great idea at the time. Like we, we had one called um, Counselor like Monopoly or something, and the counselors were like the pieces of the Monopoly board. And uh, somebody must have thought it was going to be the greatest idea. And 10 minutes in, all the campers were so bored. Oh, man, it was painful. <laughs> Actually, you ready for this segue? Yes. It really felt like... I'm ready for me- any segue. <laughs> <laughs> it really felt like to me like we were like co-counselors here. And it was like two o'clock in the morning after a crazy day, and we're like hanging out in the hug, like getting ready for the next day, and we're just like punchy and just like yeah. all kinds, of, all kinds of goofy. Yeah, which is is great when you're taking care of young children. I think that's totally irresponsible. <laughs> I never participated in anything like it. It's true. It's true. The, 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 there are those those moments. I was always so tired at camp. Like I, I don't know if 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 you guys agree. It's why those free periods. If you could get, you know, 42 minutes to fall asleep on your bed, it was like the greatest thing in the world, right? You oh, with yeah, me, John? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being, yeah, I remember being exhausted. You're out in the sun all day. All the time. You're up relatively early. I mean, you're up at 7.30 or maybe 8.30 on a, on a Saturday. If you're a staff member, it depends on what time your kids wake you up. Right. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I used to get up early. I used to get up like first before my campers when I was a counselor so that to do I your could, hair to I could put, do it, my put hair. 10 pounds yep. of product into your hair I could shower into pre, my hair pre-kickboxing this is I don't kickbox I just box okay. I don't do, no kicking no kicking but this is before flat irons were you know before yeah, so the you nice that was a game changer oh my god flat irons were a game changer oh, and yeah, I'm sure, sure they are sure. at Camp Tell Nowhere now totally how often do you blow a fuse uh, yeah does it happen? <laughs> you know, this is a nice little plug. No, uh, actually, uh, very infrequently, over the last five years, we've upgraded wow. all the electrical. That's uh, which amazing. Is, uh, yeah. is the whole camp would just go, oh. Yeah. yeah. I, I would have to say the uh, pre-upgrades were a scary time. But, um, yeah, thankfully, all of the electrical panels have been upgraded in Camp Telnar. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's great. Keeping I camp love safe. the upgrades. I mean, the bathroom that you did in um, the bunk 14 last That year. I personally did. I do uh, <laughs> I do good tile work. Well, we're on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how we save beautiful, money. I do a lot of the work. Beautiful, beautiful um, bathroom. Yeah, we've, we've expanded all the bathrooms. that the bathroom is startlingly nice as compared to past editions. I'm told it, slide, editions. it slides open, which you, is... Yeah, barn, the barn, barn door. That's how you know. So last year we did, um, we added, uh, we tripled the size of the bathroom um, awesome. for the... Uh, so Foat Girls. And this year, we're already working on doing the same for the Olote and <gasps> Bogrote Girls. Is this the first that people are hearing about it? Uh, potentially. Potentially. Olote, Bogrote? I might have uh, spilled <gasps> the beans. Wait. Yes. Sounds what did you like say about Bogrote? The boys' bathrooms are still well, just pieces of crap. What's going on? To be fair, on? Yeah, I, I don't know that? who's sleeping in which bunks oh, yet. All right, all right. But I will tell you that the hugs typically referred to as the oh, Olote and okay. Bogrote hugs okay. are getting bathroom upgrades. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to use those? Divulge that information? <laughs> are you allowed, to use, use the bathroom? Am I allowed to use those bathrooms? If they're uh, not in use. No, not? that would be incorrect. No, those are <laughs> off limits to you, Jenny. Pre camp. Pre camp. You get the whole you camp. You are yourself. a counselor on the other side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 15 feet away. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's Are You Not Entertained? The was I and ent- um, the am I entertained? Can I start that again? Sorry. <laughs> am I entertained? I did it again. <laughs> Dumbass! Are you entertained? Ah! All right, sorry, sorry. It's Ed Nathanson. I'm here to give you the podcast that I've always wanted to do. That's talking about movies. That's talking about music, sports, pop culture. That's talking to some of the best people in employer branding around the world. Are you not entertained? Can I start that again? Two <laughs> more questions for John before, or do you want to do flagpole? Considering we got to one. Yeah. Let's do flagpole. Maybe do that'll flag bring us back, and then we can. Yes. Leave the podcasting to me if I am <laughs> crying out loud. Let's play flagpole. All right. The way this works, when that horn eventually stops, is we fire questions at John about things, uh, favorite things at camp, least favorite things at camp. Maybe a bunch of things. Ephraim, would you like to begin or shall I? Or Carrie, would you like to begin? Uh, no, you guys can start. <laughs> okay. You got one, Ephraim? I do. Go, go for it. Yeah, John Dees, your favorite uh, camp snack? My favorite camp snack. It's got to be the Pringles from Canteen, man. 100%. Are wow. you a sour cream and onion guy or just the I'm regular? Plain, I'm a plain Pringles guy. I think the sour cream and onion is a little too much. Mm. <laughs> nice. So the red can. Red can. Got it. In a few words, John, what makes a good counselor? Dependable, relatable, smart. Wow. He, <laughs> he answered it quite literally. That's excellent. 
Do you do you, uh, did you do you take cues from your counselors that you've had in the past when you I don't know what the word is when you take care of your kids. I mean, as to, and do you take pride in being a good counselor? Tell me about that. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Definitely, a lot of the stuff I plan on uh, uh, doing with the kids is definitely going to be all homage to um, or you know signs of uh, I don't know the word, but callbacks to my old counselors. Like right. uh, I met with uh, Benjamin Jacobson. He drove all the way to Natick and met me, and we talked for a couple hours just about what it means to be a counselor and when dealing with kids, you know, not dealing with kids, but like caring for kids and like being there for them. What you can you say dealing do? with kids. Sometimes you got to well, deal with some tough stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So you compared notes and we stuff. We deal with kids all the time. What were some of the things that he, you know, he's a great guy. He, he was an amazing counselor. Um, one of the things that I was always impressed with him is about he, he had this passion for taking the little tiny moments at camp that could be sort of taken for granted and kind of, wrote um, you know routine and uh making them special and doing something out of the box and doing something creative um what were some of the things that he shared with you about being a great counselor well he said one of the things he stressed that was really important was acknowledging that you have a very very strong prowess in influencing the kids you know what you do is what they're going to do it's monkey see monkey do so if you're in bed in the morning and you don't want to get up but you're playing your alarm or whatever the kids aren't going to get up you got to get up and be excited for the day you got to show them that we're only at camp for a limited amount of time and we got to seize the day have fun That's you know? awesome. i have the ultimate example I totally agree I have the ultimate example that when i was a bunk one counselor we took it really seriously it me my friend lance my friend woody and we gave the kids speeches the first night so long until they fell asleep because they were <laughs> bored. But the, the monkey see, monkey do thing is one day we were just, there was some downtime and, and me, Woody, and Lance got into this feud, the three of us, you know, good natured, but we're wrestling a little bit. And then at one point somebody rips somebody's shirt. So like he rips his shirt. And by the end of the time, like the three of us all have shirts that are like beyond repair. And so the kids are laughing, cheering us on, like they're taking sides, like go Woody, go Lance, go yes. And so, you know, we thought, you know, no harm done, good time had by all. The next morning we were woken up at like 6.30 a.m. to the kids ripping each other's shirts. <laughs> and, and of course, what do we do? Ultimate hypocrites. We're like, what are you doing? <laughs> have we taught you nothing, you know? But it's it's so true. I mean, they idolize counselors and they will follow them. Yeah, when I was a when I was a counselor, I had a friend who was a counselor in another bunk, and he thought it would be funny. He went on his night out. He went to Walmart, and this is what you do as a counselor. There isn't a whole lot to do. He went to Walmart. Big night out. Big and uh, <laughs> Walmart. He, I don't know what he was thinking, but my friend Aaron, he bought a watermelon, and he brought it back to his bunk and he put it on his bed, and he like before he went to bed. Like, he was just joking. He was just being goofy. He, like, picked up the watermelon, gave it a hug like it was, like, a stuffed animal and said, good night, watermelon, and then left. And the next morning when his kids woke up after they had seen that, they decided that watermelon was their gonna was going to be their mascot oh, for no. the whole summer. They adopted watermelon. Watermelon <laughs> was awesome. like their bunk pet. And they would take it everywhere in their bunk picture. <laughs> I carried a watermelon. Yeah, in their bunk picture. You know, they all lined up and watermelon was right there with them. And, you know, the, the opportunity to <laughs> create these little tiny crazy little moments. Yeah. Um, but also, like you said, you know, the, we do have such tremendous power. It's a cliche, but we talk about it all the time, like that line from Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility you know being a counselor is such an amazing moment um an opportunity and it's something that we don't take lightly right because we know the people who've inspired us we know the people who have had an impact on us and we want to impart that kind of 
hopeful, optimistic, life lesson-y kind of uh, approach. What are some of the things, like when you think about your opportunity to do that for kids, what are some of the things, the values, the characteristics that you would want your kids at the end of the summer to be able to sort of say like, you know what, I'm more like this because of Johnny. I'm more like this because he was my counselor. One of the things I need to work on as a person as well is uh, understanding and being patient with people. Like, my little brother was messing around in my room before I came here, and I was like, I was like, what are you doing? You know, I'm, I have to go. And, uh, and then as I was driving back, I was like, I could have I handled that differently. You know, uh, I could have showed a little more, a little more uh, maturity. Maybe that would have rubbed off on him, rubbed off on him a little bit more. And especially for the kids, like, I want to show them that camp is a really special place and that everybody who goes there loves it and they love each other uh, and that why else would they be there you know John how old is your younger brother he's a freshman okay so he says that with such disdain he's a <laughs> freshman and you're a junior yeah in high school I, 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 I no, no no what you just said was really uh, meaningful and and to, to the extent that you picked that up from camp is the ultimate tribute to camp but um, I think your younger brother is lucky to have you as a role model, the fact that you actually stop and think about those things. But that's at camp. Like we, It, it becomes like you know, you go there and you have so much fun. It's the, it's the most fun in the world. And you goof off and you do all kinds of silly pranks and things like that. But then the day, we, we always, like the counselors, we always took our job really seriously. Like we, we wanted to be the best counselor we could be. I mean, I, I think that pride still exists. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like camp is where kids learn not just how to – you know, take a kayak out or not just how to, you know, hit a backhand in tennis, but like, it, it sounds cliche, but it's why we do what we do. It's why we're so passionate about our work. They learn how to be people. They learn how to interact with people. And, you know, John, you know, you and I have obviously had a lot of conversations, um, leading up to the summer and ultimately, um, to the point where we felt comfortable and excited about offering you a job to be a role model. And I think part of that is because you're so comfortable being open and vulnerable and being able to admit when like, hey, I got to work on this. Like that's a pretty powerful thing for kids. They really, I yeah. think it's less common that kids have access to role models who they really look up to who will say, you know what, hey, I could do better. Or yeah. hey, I'm trying to be better at this or I'm working on this. And I think if, if your kids learn that from you, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a confident guy, I'm a passionate guy, and I'm also happy to admit, you know what, I'm working on this, or I could be better at that. I think that that's pretty powerful. Yeah, you have those little moments. You're like, you know what? We could have handled that better. And you get together and you talk about what you did wrong. I mean, that I remember being um, when I was a CIT. I remember our CIT counselors would pull us in. They would they would walk around and literally um, observe us, and we knew they were observing us. In fact, we had T-shirts made up that year that said "Somebody's always watching us," which was like <laughs> our theme. But um, it was always in the vein of giving us feedback as to what we could do better. I'll give you one quick, uh, very quick story about um, something I learned as a counselor that I'll never forget. Um, in one of the first staff meetings, it was like the question became, what, what do you do with a negative leader? So there are kids in the bunk that are positive leaders, and there are kids that are negative leaders. They, they're pains in the asses, and they're, they're always acting up. But the other kids follow them because they think they're cool, because they're funny or whatever they are. And, um, you know, I think somebody raised their hand and says, well, you got to punish that kid. You know, you got to show them that, that actions have consequences. And... And someone else said, no, actually, don't punish them. Put them in charge of something. Say, this is the, tomorrow we're going to go be, uh, you know, we're going to play so-and-so and capture the flag. You're in charge of the whole bunk strategy and putting the teams together. And in that moment, the, the kids' eyes will change. The kids will be like, okay, now I got to do good now because now I'm in charge. 
and would you believe, you know, I've been a manager that, you know, of, of managed uh, companies and things like that and all kinds of employees. I've used that trick all the time, <laughs> you know, someone, you know, in, in, in life, someone's, someone's struggling, someone's kind of an ingrate, in, uh, turn it on them, put them in charge of something and, and see what happens. Well, I just was, the other thing about being a counselor is, um, especially your first year is you're not a camper anymore and you're not a CAT or CIT, and then you have to learn how to work with other people who you may not have been very close with, and you become close. And it's a really, really cool experience because it's one of those things that happens after high school and after college where those things don't matter anymore. You go back for your reunion, and it's like, it just doesn't matter. Like, everyone talks to everybody. And it's kind of like that at camp. Yeah, like, I'm still being co's. I'm still super close with the people I was co-counselors yeah. with, and many of them were not people who I grew up with or, or you know, campers with. Myself, J- did you always know that you wanted to be a counselor? Oh yeah, Why? I I knew I knew bunk three. That's when I started. Um, that's awesome. They were the guy, They were just. They made me feel like I could open up. They helped me come out of my shell. Like I was, you know, just like a introverted third grader or whatever fifth grader at that time mm-hmm. and um but just them like showing that positivity and that that high energy and showing you know it's okay to be yourself uh, really just hits you home what, were, there, remini- were there on that were there moments at camp where you felt you were more able to kind of uh express yourself and kind of be who you really were as compared to being back home at school oh yeah definitely uh at home, uh, constantly you, get, you have your, uh, you're on guard. You know, you think about what you say. Uh, you think about who you're talking to, your tone, everything. Oh, I, I can't be too loud in front of this person, you know, whatever. Uh, and that's, that's tough. But when you go to camp, uh, nobody cares if you mess up. Nobody really cares yeah. if, uh, you know, you don't talk or act the right way. You can be yourself at camp. And you can be goofy. Yeah, you can exactly. have flaws. You can make mistakes. The camp is the only place where you where you know, almost grown dudes like 20, 20 ish <laughs> can go up on stage and Wear tights, tights in a tutu. Yeah, that's a classic. Grown dudes. I have been. Grown oh my dudes. God. You just rocked my. There's a picture in the yearbook of me and two other dudes in a tutu, and we were singing uh, My Little Buttercup, which you might remember from the Three Amigos yep. movie, Ephraim. Yeah, we did that. My Little Buttercup. I'll have to dig up that photo. So, absolutely, absolutely spot on. Are we right. still when doing flagpole? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> when we do our this is uh, the longest cover, p- when we have our cover band, that'll be the name of it. My <laughs> grown dudes. <laughs> grown, grown dudes. <laughs> grown dudes and tutus. It's like grown ups, but it's just grown yeah. dudes you know right. John, one of the cool things that i think uh exists about the, it, what, the journey of transitioning from being a camper to a counselor we have this cool thing where you get a chance to try that out for a couple weeks and that was part of your experience last year as yeah. door to door um when you were back at camp and you were in your sort of two-week apprenticeship was there a moment that you had that you could and you could be you know proud you know it's okay to gloat a little bit but you look back on it and you're like wow i'm i'm kind of doing it right now i'm i'm being a counselor i'm having that moment you know what yes there was like there was actually a couple moments but one of the ones that really touched me was uh i was working uh with i'm i can't i'm not going to name names but there was this one child who sort of was felt uh i could i could sense that he felt sort of out of place he didn't feel 100% uh, accepted by, you know, his bunk or whatever. He was sort of, you know, lagging behind in, a, in some activities. But um, uh, I acknowledge that, and I, I would go up to him. I would sit next to him on the bus for trips. Uh, he he hated me for it. He didn't want to talk to me. He was like, "Go away, leave me alone, whatever." 
But um, my dad taught me this also that uh, when working with kids, if you show investment and you show that you you care about something more than they care, they're gonna show care also. They're they're gonna show care back. He's gonna make me cry. He's like the poster. <laughs> oh my god. My- well done, John. Yeah, unbelievable. I just, I my one of my first impressions of John was um, Israel Day, and mm. they came back, yeah. and we were we had like the street food. We were making street food, and it was like this long assembly line with all these ingredients, and you hustled like uh, it was because people were lining up, and you had to turn it over so fast, and you hustled. So, and I was like, this kid is proactive, and that is one of the things he kept saying. What can I do? What can I do? It's awesome. I have a, a quick funny story along those lines that that actually went the wrong way. You, you said, be, <laughs> Uh-oh. And, and yeah, I know. So you um, you mentioned how the one kid was maybe an outcast, and you took some time to spend uh, spend extra time with him or whatnot, and make him feel at home. Um, we had this little trick we used to teach our uh, CITs and later counselors or whatever that if a kid was the outcast, give him and give him a nickname that that empowers him. Give him some crazy nickname so all of a sudden he becomes this other thing. So I was yeah. trying to make this point to the counselors and the CITs and I said, so if you've got this little Jeremy Rosenblum who's who's kind of a nerd you name him Psycho Dog, and all of a sudden, <laughs> oh my God, he's I the king. Psycho Dog. Okay, so here's the problem. Here's the problem. Somebody took my advice, but for the wrong kid. <laughs> like, like uh, all of a sudden, this kid runs up to me like two days later. This kid with with fire in his eyes and yells, "I'm Psycho Dog!" And um, <laughs> he be, was a terror. The whole rest. And so here I was thinking I was the man giving the best advice. And uh, th- there's a nuance there. You got to give Psycho Dog to the kid who really is. <laughs> kind of shy. Don't give it to the kid who might rip your head off. So, I have a sorry, Mike Freed. I hope you're not still oh. called Psycho Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go back to flagpole? I have a flagpole. Qu- okay, I want to know what was your favorite meal? Favorite camp meal? Yeah. You know, gotta be breakfast strudels. What? Really? We didn't have those. Not the breakfast sandwiches, but the breakfast you know, those strudels. Those flaky breakfast strudels. Everyone's gonna think like grilled cheese, you know, ravioli, but. Nothing made me ha- more happy than uh, a breakfast strudel. And Sharon would always get mad at me, but uh, I got coffee every day anyway. <laughs> wow. Well, You're ahead of your time with the coffee. That's awesome. I felt like such a grown-up when I was like barely 21 years old uh, asking for my waiter to bring me coffee, which they always did. Well, nice. you feel like a real grown-up at camp once you realize that what that was was not coffee. That th- What was it? it it's coffee, it's but it's coffee, not coffee. Not, not coffee. so good. No. Not so good. Yeah. yeah. yeah do you not. have any questions? I any do. Uh, favorite place in camp? Oh, you know what? Oh, we're going back to flag. Towards <laughs> the end of towards the end of camp, um, in my last couple of years as a as a camper, I would take my I would take my counselors and some of the guys who I felt like really impacted me the most, and um, it would be just obscure spots around camp. But I remember having a really intense conversation with Matthew Gordon on one of those benches that you built around those trees by the by the volleyball court. And you know, I talk we we like uh, I like to reflect on on the on my experience that year. And you know, what am I what could I have done better? And you know, what can I do better next time? And you know, you know, we'll end up crying sometimes, but uh, spots like that just make it springs back such good memories. It's so funny. It's like, you know, this is going to sound so cheesy a little bit, but like if those benches could talk, right? Yeah. Like those those benches, like they're in the middle of camp. Kids sit on them all the time. People are having all these kinds of conversations from the totally silly, goofy, funny to some of the most heartfelt, you know, um, sort of sentimental, reflective conversations. And that's like, to me, like almost like that's sort of such a symbol of camp is like yeah. the range of, of emotion that 
that that experiences. Um, that's awesome. When you when you it's think about especially like Jewish Dawson's Creek is what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Jewish wash pond. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm sorry. Ephraim's <laughs> Ephraim's wash pond. What, what were you? No, saying? I totally agree. I, 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 is this I, where I, I ask sh- you if you were a Dawson or a Pacey guy? I yes. <laughs> No, but you did. I thought I'd never even seen that show, but I thought of all the meaningful conversations Pacey. they had. He's by like, the I've water. never even seen the show, Pacey. Oh, I know. Josh Jackson played <laughs> somebody. I don't know, but I. But um, I. I remember um, one random evening, I was heading back to the bunk for something, and there was a woman. I won't say her name. And what are you doing, Ephraim? Go ahead. You want to seize control of the show? We're having a power struggle here, <laughs> which happens all the time at camp. By the way, that's the yeah. symbol for flagpole. Well, you took us away from flagpole before. The flagpole music is still playing. See? <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> there, there may be some heavy editing of this podcast. All right, I'll say this. I don't know if we leave it in or not. But there was one. There was one night when I was heading back to the bunk, and there was a fellow counselor, and she was on the rock, which was not the. Be- where Where is the bench you're talking about, by the way? Uh, b- behind the. Uh Step ball court, or not the step ball court? My the basketball court, uh, like by the. We call the it volleyball. one bounce. We call it one bounce. That's what we go. It's the volleyball court. Right in front. Right, of right on the road. Front, right in front of that really. In the front. Long. Oh, okay. Yeah, in yeah. the front. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, we didn't have a bench there back then, but we built these benches like around the trees. Yeah, it goes to show you we never thought. Of, God, we could have built benches, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, this is actually kind of a serious story. But like, I was head back, and there was a fellow counselor who was sitting on the rock, and she was weeping. She was like really super, super sad about something. And to this day, I don't know what she was sad about, but I felt like I, I have to do something. So I went over to her and I said, you know, I don't know what you're so sad about. It but was me. Wasn't it wasn't you. It was someone older than me, which means it's older than you. And I said to her, just whatever um, you're sad about, I think you're great. And um, I hope, uh, you know, hope you're okay. I hope you feel better tomorrow. And she came up to me tomorrow and she was like, thank you so much for saying that. It was just what I needed. And so uh, that was our version of the bench. No, that's amazing. Actually, uh, not even joking. One of the um, we do something during staff week called Clip Fest. It's my favorite part of our staff training. And basically, what we do is we have anywhere between six and ten YouTube clips um, that are you know sixty seconds long, a minute and a half long, whatever it is. And counselors watch them and then sort of like interpret what it means to them and how it can relate to their job at camp. And my favorite one is this mo- this one called Lollipop Moments. And I don't want to steal the whole thing, but basically he had one of those moments where someone just had one of those simple, kind words and changed his life, totally changed his life. And that's what being a counselor is. You just have to be on. You never know when those moments are going to happen. Yeah, and like you don't know when someone's going to need that from you. You just have to be ready to deliver that every second of the whole summer. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, John, if you've ever had this where like there's a kid who maybe isn't having the best day and you're like, should I say something to him or just, eh, he's okay. Um, you never regret saying something. You, like, you never regret pulling aside and saying, are you just having a bad day? What's going on? And it's amazing what they'll tell you. They'll, they'll open up, you know, and then they'll be so grateful for you checking in. So of the two uh, Dave Yaz's words of wisdom about being a great counselor, the nickname trick or the you'll never regret saying something nice, go with the second one. <laughs> That's the keeper right yeah, there. Maybe it's, That's time, the keeper. it's time to retire the nickname trick. <laughs> we got two more flagpole uh, questions for you, Johnny. The first one is, um, what's your favorite camp tradition? Ooh, favorite camp tradition. Uh, definitely Shabbat. Uh, I really, really love Shabbat. Uh, you know, for a while, uh, we, uh, my age group, we didn't really enjoy like uh, the dancing part, which is, you know, Friday night dancing and the uh, 
either in the mess hall or dining hall, I mean. Uh, but Ben Jacobson, he, of course, you know, he got super enthusiastic, got into it. He would, you know, unbutton one button for each song. And, you know, <laughs> we go crazy. We go crazy because he was going crazy. And that sort of just goes to show how another way that counselors just influence uh, campus experiences. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember him. Like, I, I don't think I ever recognized that it was part of a tradition. You know, that's how camp works. There are things that are traditions. You don't even know it's a tradition. Uh, but he, he certainly um, brought it. He did, yeah. not, he did not hold back for dancing. Um, the last one is, you know, what are the... <laughs> this is the Havanagila remix. I assume you're familiar. What are the... Um, <laughs> okay. What's something that you have at home, like a physical thing that you see that is like a trigger that reminds you of camp? Okay, so I have saved up all of those little autograph things that you get from the end of camp, and I taped them all together, and I took a bunch of photos from when I was about three, four, whatever, and I taped them up on my wall, and it's in front of my desk when I work, and when I wake up, that's the first thing I see. And uh, if I'm ever having a bad day, I just look up, there's a quote by Joel Shepard, something Jacobson wrote, awesome. there's uh, Ad- Jadner, you know. So is this a new tradition that we don't know about? Like, uh, So in the last night of camp, yeah. in the last night of camp after the burning of the TN, um, it tends to be uh, a time at camp where some people are highly emotional. Um, and it's a really great way to kind of like reground everyone. So uh, everyone at camp gets a, uh, a picture of camp uh, on a big piece of paper and there's a big white border around that and kids will go around in the dining hall signing it. It's almost like a bar mitzvah, so bar is bar that, mitzvah signing is that, board. Has that replaced the... What, Carrie? What? Carrie, nobody asked I you to sign it? I there and no one came up to me. I'm like, well, I made you guys good food. Does that... Did, has that replaced the signing of yearbooks? Yes. Or This is a break for you, Carrie. Thank you. No, Thank you for we sharing. We didn't have the yearbooks. Oh, so no, you, they don't, don't get yearbooks until the, the reunion. You don't get yearbooks until later. Okay, so that there you go. So that replaces signing of the yearbooks. So yeah, we used to sign each other's yearbooks, and you would go through, you'd find a page like that was meaningful to you or the person, and you'd sign, I love you so much, I can't wait to see you next summer yet. Stay <laughs> you know, gold. That's, yeah, but, like, that's like what you usually write, but um, you know, for me, I wanted it to be a little more meaningful. I wanted to remember it a little bit more. So whenever a kid would come up to me, like when I was a CIT, when they would come up to me, and they'd think like, oh, he's going to write his like, you know, have a have a great year, or whatever. You know, but I like I wanted to go more in depth. I was like, he, I really like this about you. These are your, you know, you have so many strengths and like, keep being you. Don't don't, you know. I want John to be my counselor. You're amazing. <laughs> you know, he's unbelievable. And then also, um, I would have counselors, and I would say like, please just take a couple extra moments and just really think about something, you know, really, you know, sort of deep. Uh, it's kind of selfish of me to ask for that, but. That's no, I think I it's good because it makes the person think yeah. about your relationship. Yeah. Well, I This is um, sort of similar. When I graduated high school, I was used to the yearbook thing from Telnor. So we got our high, high school yearbooks and people started signing yearbooks. And my best friend Josh wrote like um, a couple quick jokes and then signed his name. And I gave it back to him and I go, you have to write more. You have to <laughs> write more. After all we've been through, you got to write more. And so he's like, no, I'm not going to. He's like, I was like, it and so he wrote he started with so much more to say and he kept writing he wrote a whole bunch of things but um yeah i mean i still have my yearbooks and i'm sure you'll cherish those things like forever really and uh just sort of like to bring it all home you know this is the first time for you that you're going into the summer 
with a different experience. You've been in camper for many years. You knew what to expect, and now you're going to be a counselor. What's the thing that you're looking forward to most? Looking forward to most just working with everybody. Uh, I'm really excited to get to know my co's. Uh, it's a new experience, but also uh, I really want to be there for the kids, uh, give back, let them sort of do my – I just want to do my best to give them what camp gave me. Johnny D's your mensch. Thank you so much for coming in. I say this, um, a big, big part of my job that I absolutely love is getting a chance to work with our staff. And um, one of the things that I'm very grateful for, it's it's a hard job. It's um, very stressful, long hours. And um, the reason why we have such a great camp is because we have great counselors, great staff members who are passionate and dedicated to giving our kids the best summer that they can. You're going to be an awesome counselor. And thank you for joining us tonight. Glad to be here, man. Thank you. It's an honor. Ephraim, great show. I credit you mostly, me partially. <laughs> Thanks for listening to 10 for 2, the Camp Tell Knower podcast. You can find all past episodes at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. Please do that. We want to make sure we thank our sponsor, Northern Lights. Northern Lights Entertainment. For all your bar mitzvah needs or really any elegant affair or out-of-this-world extravaganza, please visit them at northernlightsentertainment.com. By the way, share this podcast with a friend. Share it with someone that you remember short-sheeting their bed in bunk six or hanging out on the rock when you were in bunk 16 and your hair was huge like Carrie's or whatever. We appreciate it. All past episodes of pod617.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.